West. And bonjour, all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco. I'm going to have a really, really special guest on for you. So uh, I don't know if we've got him on the phone yet. Not yet. So uh, hopefully we'll get him on in just a minute because he's somebody really great. You'll be surprised. And if you go to Cisco.com, uh, what you'll see is a picture of what we're going to talk about in a minute. And uh, <laughs> it's pretty darn cool. So uh, just a second, and we'll see if we can get them on here. Uh, but before we do, I want to say uh, hi to everyone who came to my talk at the Lakewold uh, Garden over in Lakewold near Tacoma at for the PEO International uh, Organization an organization that tries really hard to make sure women get good education, get a lot of opportunity. And uh, it was just a wonderful bunch of people. I had so much fun giving that talk, walking around, seeing that beautiful Lake World Garden, too. So uh, if you get a chance to go to Lake World Gardens, you want to do it. All right. So I have got my guest uh, here now. It is Dan Hinckley, so I I know everybody in the world knows who Dan Hinckley is. But in case you don't, he is the manager of the Heronswood Garden, which is one of the most spectacular gardens in the whole world. And they're having a big open and uh, plant sale today for people out there, so it'll be fun to hear how that's doing. But also, he has recently been designated as the Pope of the Horticultural <laughs> World <laughs> by Panny Oti. Hey, I, listen, that talk the other night was so fun, but when he called you the Pope of the Horticultural World, I thought, holy cats! <laughs> Little did you know what company you were keeping, Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I'll make sure I bow down. But I'm yes, not. Please. I'm not kissing any rings. That's going too far. All right, but uh, just a, a sincere genuflecting would be great. <laughs> uh, hey Dan, hey, how, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. It was really fun seeing you at that big NHS talk. Wasn't that great? It was a. It was one of the best talks I've heard in a long time. So, and it was great to see you and Mary as well. Well, it was wonderful seeing you. And how's the open going? I know you're having the last garden open and plant sale yeah, at Hermanswood I mean, today. If any anybody listening that can still make it uh, on this side of the of the water on the Kitsap Peninsula or or even on that side, we're open till three o'clock, and we we have a really nice turnout. It's you know oh, cool. a lot of keen plants people here. Um, sales are brisk off the tables. We have you know twelve vendors, really oh. interesting plant material. Oh, yeah. I haven't even had a chance to look through all of them yet, but you know, and uh, the weather's holding off nicely. We have sunny skies and about eighty-five degrees. What's it doing over there? It's, it's raining a little, and I'm hoping it rains like mad here, but doesn't rain at Herodswood. No, it's it's holding off nicely. We um, And I agree, we need the rain, but uh, thus far it's just really pleasant. It's an autumn day. Oh, perfect. How nice. And I'll tell you, Herodswood Garden is so spectacular right now. Last time I saw it, it just took my breath away, you know. It's It's gorgeous. Well, um, I'm glad that uh, you think so because we're really proud of the efforts we've made here, bringing it back and and bringing more and more people in, and just just having the time of our lives. 
And it's really fun, that kind of uh, uh, combination, that, that partnership of the Sklalem tribe and uh, the garden, you know, and you working as a manager, it's really added another really neat touch to the garden, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I know, you know, we're so blessed to uh, be surrounded by this rich culture with so many intact um, tribal communities. And, and to be able to interact with just one of those, the Port Gamble Skalalam, here at the at the garden has just been phenomenal. Um, you know, really the opportunity to get to know the, the tribe and their customs and and uh, in uh, in their history, their rich history here in the uh, on the Kitsap Peninsula has been extraordinary. So for that alone, I'm thankful, very thankful to be yeah. back. Yeah. Now you folks are doing something so cool, and I got to tell you, you know that picture you sent me this morning? Yes. That's on the front page of my website. <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, awesome. I got to go look to see because, yeah, we just took it this morning. And, yeah, so make sure your listeners go and take a look at it. it the The figures are going to be up um, uh, all the way through October. And we're open on Fridays and Saturdays through the third week end of October. And then we have a Halloween fest the following weekend. But, um, yeah, should I talk about those? Well, yeah, those talk about them because... They are so incredible. I can't believe it. you got to let people know about these. Oh, I just am I'm really thrilled by the way they, they've come together. Um, we've, we've have portrayed three folk tales of the Skalalem tribe with natural materials gathered from the garden here. Um, one of them is Slapu. That's the one I showed you, uh, sent yeah. you a picture of this morning. <laughs> and uh, Slapu is that... That stern old grandmotherly woman, maybe kind of scary. Oh yeah, <laughs> goes goes through the woods and she picks up kids and and puts them in her in her basket. And the kids she's picking up are the ones that are off picking berries and walking through the woods and playing without their parents' permission. So, you know, it's sort of a Hansel and Gretel sort of like story. Um, I, I'll tell we, you one we've thing. Made... I'll tell you one thing, Dan. <laughs> if Slapu picked me up and put her in my inner basket. I would be good for the rest of my life. <laughs> no way I'd go out in the woods without permission. <laughs> oh, she, she's pretty mean looking, but Ooh, she you is. can tell she's not. She's not going to hurt those kids. I got to get a, a. I have to get a picture of you, life size picture of you, and put you in her basket before you come out next. Uh, <laughs> be, oh, I'd be, be awesome. terrified. Yeah, and um, and then another another um, uh, folktale that we have portrayed and made out of uh, big leaf maple leaves and rhododendron macrophyllum, our native rhododendron and and grasses, bamboos uh, is called Big Man, and Big Man is the Skalalam version of Bigfoot. But if you look at the tale, you think, oh, what they're talking about is a is a bear because uh, Big Man. Big man uh, tricks the salmon to swim upstream every fall and swim right into his arms, and so we have a we have a school of salmon uh, leaping right oh, wow. up into the arms of of big man. And the salmon that we made, uh, um, that, that the staff made here, are are just really fantastic, really awesome. Wow, what are they made out of? Are they from big yeah, leaf the, maple they, leaves? They are made out of. Uh, Rhododendron leaves and big leaf 
maple leaves, oh, cool. and they uh, just couldn't be more beautiful. I got to tell you that people are looking at them, going, "I want to make that when I get home." So, um, <laughs> yeah, there. It's really I, I can't be um, more proud of how these came out, and it's been a real group effort. We've been working on this now for five months as a as a crew here, and to have them come together so nicely. It's real been it's been a real inspiration for us to go forward and make them even better next year. And you got one more now. There's Raven and Crow. Raven and Crow and Raven and Crow. Uh, the the tale goes um, decide that there's too many living creatures in the world and there's too much smoke and not enough food and and so <clears throat> their master says, well, you can turn into something else if you want. Um, and they say, you know, I think it's better for the world if we just turn into rocks, and that way we won't consume um, more food and, and, and give the world a little break. And so we have the raven sitting up on our hedge, and the, the crow is down near the rocks, and then the pile of rocks that they turn into. And th- that's made out of uh, uh, fan palm, trachycarpus fortunae, oh, and, yeah. and uh, western, western sword fern. Huh. And they really look um, exceptional. I so, tell you. so people can come out. They could come out today if they can get there before three to see this, or they can exactly. come out on every Friday till the twentieth. Every 20th? Friday and every Saturday uh, from ten a.m. until three o'clock. Our last entry into the garden is at two thirty, and and join and become a member and. Yeah. Uh, you also get to see the stumpery getting put together as you enter into the property. We're pretty excited about that, too. I'm excited about that, too. I can't wait to see it. I'm going to be out there pretty soon. And um, yeah. so, and you're giving a talk this afternoon, right? right? Yeah, I'm giving a talk, and uh, I better keep looking at my watch here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving a talk at uh, 45 minutes from now, 1 well, o'clock. If, on the, if you don't show up for that talk, you, you are going to lose your designation as the Pope of the horticultural world, you know. So. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I have to turn my, my robes and rings in. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, thanks so much for coming on, and uh I'll keep telling people about this over the next couple of weeks because uh, people have got to see these. They are the coolest things I've ever seen. The stories oh, thanks, are really thanks fun. To, oh, thanks for helping to spread the word. And and you've done so much for us at Heronswood, I can't tell you. We're so appreciative. You're on our steering committee. You come out. You, you help promote our events. And we owe you lots. Uh, Okay, you're going to have to genuflect next time I come out there. uh, Well, (laughs) I tell you, I'll I'll forgive you some of your many transgressions the next time I see you. (laughs) Oh, hey, Dad, thanks a lot for coming on today. It's really great to talk to you. Thank you, Cisco. All right. Bye, Adam Mary, and we'll see you next week. All right, see you soon. Give a great talk. Bye. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Okay, we'll be right back. 97.3 Cairo FM. Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends. Brought to you by PacificTopsoil.com and Molbax in Woodenville. Ooh la la. Here's Cisco. Ooh la la. So you do want to get out to Heronswood and check out those incredible natural sculptures. And Jeff, definitely go to Cisco.com and take a look. It's a lot of fun. Okay. Hey, uh, 
Now, first, I want to tell you that uh, I am going to be speaking Tuesdays, September 18, at 5.30 p.m. at the Renton Farmers Market. So the market runs from 3 to 7, and this Tuesday is a special salmon day. So the Cedar River Salmon Journey is a group that will lead walks to the Cedar River from the market and provide information on our local wild salmon migration. Tuesday is also the popular Upcycle T-Shirt Day. So uh, so what you could do, you could bring a T-shirt and they sew it into a shopping bag for you. So I'm bringing, I looked through my drawers this morning trying to find a good T-shirt for this. <laughs> I found a T-shirt that uh, somebody gave me that says uh, Garden Naked. <laughs> So I thought that would make a great shopping bag because I'm too embarrassed to wear it. So, okay, so I'm going to have a really cool uh, shopping bag after this. All right, hey, uh, there's, let's see, there's a couple of, oh, all right. Somebody asked that question about amp, amp, or what they asked the question about was porcelain berry. I'm going to answer that in just a second. Before I do, I do want to remind you that you can call in if you got a question because I forgot. One triple eight nine seven three Cairo. One triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. So hey, and Seattle Audubon's having their twenty second annual fall plant sale today. So uh, it goes from ten to four p.m. It's really right in my neighborhood at eighty fifty thirty fifth Ave Northeast. So. Uh, they're gonna. They have a really great selection of wildlife-friendly native outdoor plants from quite a number of nurseries, and uh, a big portion of the proceeds from the plants there are donated to Seattle Audubon to support programming in science, conservation, education. So uh, they also have a book sale and um, just a whole bunch of cool things. So stop by there if you get a chance. You'll it'll be cool. And uh, one other one I wanted to let you know about is Chinook District's Flower Show is in Normandy Park Cove. That's at uh, 1500 Shorebrook Drive, Normandy Park. And uh, you can go there, have a cup, cup of coffee and some tea and some cookies while you browse the wonderful displays. They'll have raffle baskets and craft items. There'll be beautiful designs, horticulture, baked goods, you name it, they got it. So, uh, And uh, that all supports scholarships for students at South Seattle College, UW and WSU. So uh, this is really great. So I think there's a cost to get in. Uh, open to the public from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m., September 19th. And uh, so uh, it looks like September 18th and September uh, 19th. So September 18th, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. September 19th, uh, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Okay. So, uh, hey, there's other things listed. That's all in my event page at uh, Cisco.com. So you can always check that out. All right. Now, as I promised, I wanted to give an answer about porcelain berry. Somebody called last week. I couldn't remember what porcelain berry is. I now know right what it is because uh, we planted that at Seattle U. It's Ampelopsis brev pedunculata. (laughs) 
And uh, so what it is, it looks like a grapevine, and then it gets these uh, berries on it. The flowers aren't much. The berries are really showy. They turn all different colors. It's They do look like they're made out of porcelain, and they're different colors. There's a problem, though. In the East Coast, that vine has become a really serious, noxious weed. So, uh, uh, so uh, in my opinion, we shouldn't be planting that. In fact, as a matter of fact, I'll probably talk to the guys you used to work with at Seattle U because I'm still best friends with everybody there. Tell them, you know, you might want to consider pulling that out. I don't think we should plant it here. Big, big noxious weed in the East Coast. Maybe it doesn't seed here, but it might. <coughs> so that's about all I can say about that. All right, when we come back, we're going to go to Renton and talk to Janet on 97.3 Cairo FM. You're listening to Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends. Hey, and thanks a lot for tuning in today. And uh, hey, isn't it cool we're getting some rain? Oh, man, did we need that. And let's get more of it, except for adherence wood. All right, Janet from Renton. Hey, welcome to the show, Janet. Thanks for calling. Yay, rain. <laughs> yeah, hooray. Cisco, I have a question for you. You've been so helpful in the past with other stuff, but uh, the... Rufus hummingbirds are gone. They've gone south. But is there anything plant-wise to uh, take care of my annas? Oh, yeah. So, you know, that's a great question. So, you know that um, the rufus, they'll go back no matter what you do. But the annas... Uh, they stay, and if you put out a hanging planter, if you hang a planter for the annas, if you don't make sure that there's nectar in there in freezing weather and they're dependent on your uh, your feeder, a hummingbird can uh, starve to death in one half hour in freezing weather. So because of that, I don't put up any hummingbird feeders in the winter ever because I travel so much. So I depend on plants to feed them. So uh, one of the best plants there is, and it can be a little hard to find, is called Grevillea victoriae. And Vic- Grevillea, I think it's G-R-A-V-I-L or something, Vic- Grevillea, uh, that plant comes from Australia, but the Victoria, as long as you have well-drained soil in a sunny spot, that plant survives for years in Seattle, and it blooms with these spectacular red flowers, just covered with flowers all winter long. And the hummingbirds, even in the coldest weather, are hitting those flowers uh, to keep going. So that's my favorite one. Well... Francisco, my problem is is that I have a, a a habitat, but it's on a terrace. It's what? Oh. It's on a terrace. Oh well, you could plant that in a pot. Really? Yeah, I th- it, it's going to have to be a pretty good sized pot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but there's there are some more. So Daphneodora, that's a great hummingbird plant. 
It prefers a little bit of shade, morning sun it loves. Mm-hmm. So that's a good one. Perfect. And have you, heard sarca, have you heard of Sarka Coca? No. Okay. It's, we call it sweet box. It's in the boxwood family. has spectacular dark green foliage. And it has little, not that showy flowers, but they're so fragrant. You can't believe it. And that would grow great in a pot, but that must have full shade. Mm. So, okay. so you could put that in. But there's okay. a few more. There's a few more that I use. Uh, hey, there's something called, I'm trying to think of the name of this all of a sudden. Uh, we, it, it used to be called Shizostolis. And if you go to the nursery, uh, they call it Kaffir Lily. And if you go to the nursery and ask for that, this is a plant that just keeps blooming until freeze finally knocks it out. So that would keep them happy till some of these other things bloom. And one I know you can grow well in a pot is, you know our Oregon grape? Mm-hmm. Well, this is an Oregon grape from Asia, and there's a whole bunch of different ones. And uh, so they call them Mahonia, which is the scientific name for Oregon grape. And then it's media, and then and then there's all these different ones. There's charity, there's faith, there's uh, sun, I think it's sundowner. So these are like Oregon grapes, and some get really big, but some don't get as big. And uh, they grow great in pots. They're, they're more of a shade lover than a sun lover, but they'll take a fair amount of sun. And those bloom all winter long with these yellow candelabra flowers that hummingbirds just die for. Oh, nice. What I have been doing in past seasons is uh, uh, (laughs) for uh, old animals, they sell these discs discs that you put in the microwave. Oh. And I just put it on for a minute. And I put the feeder on top of that disc. Oh. And it keeps the food not not warm, not hot, but just, it doesn't freeze. Oh, well, that's a clever thing to do. And, you know, they do sell feeders now with heaters in them. Really? Oh, yeah. It's a guy down in Oregon started doing it. He was brilliant to come up with the idea. And the first ones he did, he he has actually sent me emails. He heard that I was talking about his product. I never contacted him. And uh, he contacted me and said, look, uh, the first ones I did had to be under an eave or something because Mm -hmm. the weather would beat them up because, you know, they're electric and everything. But he said now his new ones, his new ones are really good and they can be right out in the weather and they keep the... They keep the uh, stuff, the nectar, totally uh, thawed. Yeah. So yeah. it's. But I think my idea still may work. Yeah. Oh, I think you've got a great idea there. So, yeah. uh, so hey, I want to let everybody that's listening right now know that uh, on my website, if you go to gardening and then go to uh, talk handouts, you can find my talk called Hummingbird Madness. And the last, I don't know, about the last, uh, uh, I don't know, eight or nine uh, of the plants in there are all plants that feed the hummingbirds in wintertime. 
Yeah, because there's a great camellia, too. Camellia sasanqua yuletide does really good. So oh, okay. there's a viburnum in there. So there's a lot of plants that you can grow in a pot there, Janet, and it'll yeah. keep those hummingbirds. Because the more stuff you plant, the more you're going to get them. Unfortunately, I have to run, Janet, but I loved your call. It was great. Okay, thank you so much. All right, you take care. Okay, Okay. Bye-bye. Hey, so we have some open lines, but I do have some emails to uh, talk about, too. So if you want to give me a call, one 973 5476 1-888-973 Cairo. Right back after this on 97.3 Cairo FM. This is Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends. All right, we're about to go to Eric, but I do want to say one thing before I go there, and that is that I want to thank all of you. I I got so many emails from, wonderful emails from people after my last article came out in the Pacific Northwest Seattle Times Magazine. That was my swan song, so I... I am working really hard on writing a book right now and decided to stop writing for the newspaper. And, uh, oh, my gosh, just the nicest things people wrote. So thank all of you for that. That was really wonderful. All right, we're going to Eric in Federal Way. Hey, Eric, what's going on out there? Hi, Cisco. How you doing? Hey, I listen to you, guys, you all the time. I love your show. Um, I got a uh, kiwi plant, uh, a male and female. Okay. It's, uh, it's two years old. And it's growing all over the place, um, but I'm not. I'm not sure how long will it take for uh, for it to bloom and produce kiwi. Well, and the second second okay. uh, help I need is is pruning it. Oh, all right. So, Eric, here's the thing. You know, in the old days, when you bought a kiwi, you'd wait eight years before it would ever start to bloom. But that's because they used to grow them from seed. Now they take cuttings. And I think about four years is average. It can okay. take five. So, you know, you, and here's the problem, though. Sometimes the female starts to flower, but the male kind of holds off for a while. Those, you know, those males can be real rascals. And uh, you got to have both, or you definitely don't get any kiwis. So um, if you're if you're not sure what the different flowers the male and female look like, go to uh, raintreenursery dot com. There's if you go to links in Seattle in Cisco dot com, you can uh, just find that under nurseries and. Uh, RaintreeNursery.com has pictures of the male and the female flower. So that can help. Okay, great. How about pruning it? Okay. I, should I just let it go? Oh, no, because they are monsters. <laughs> yeah, I have, yeah, it's... I've been to people's houses where they were at the top of 80-foot dug firs, and <laughs> it was like being in a tunnel in there, you know. So, yeah, they're, they are pretty aggressive. So right now, the main thing you want to do is just kind of give it structure. Make sure that it's going where you want it to go. If it's, you know, climbing up to get into a tree and you don't want it to do that, for sure, you can cut it back. And anything that you don't want them to twist around other vines. 
So, in other words, there'll be one vine maybe twisting around your structure, but now another vine will twist around the vine that's twisted around the structure. You don't want that. That's not a good thing. So whenever one vine starts twisting around another one, cut it back off, back to where a leaf is. Now, eventually, and so you can cut it, and as it grows during the season, you can keep cutting it back so you can keep it where you want it. But you do have to allow new growth every year because eventually what's going to happen is you're going to get your fruit on growth that occurred the year before. So what most people do is cut it to three or four uh, buds uh, of new growth. So, you know, it's going to put out a ton, like 20 buds of new growth. If you kind of, you could sort of see what grew last year because it's more shiny and new looking. So you cut it back to three or four buds and that's where you're going to get your fruit. Okay, great. And then what, fall or when should I prune it? When's the best time? Uh, The best time, I think with pruning nose, you could prune them all summer long when they're growing out of control. So don't be worried about doing that. But most people do the main pruning in the wintertime. Before, oh, okay, I'd I'll... say, you know, early February at the latest. Okay, great. Yeah. Right. Cisco, oh, thank you very much. Sure. There's one last thing I was going to tell you yep. about those. You know, you gotta, you've got to uh, let the fruit, uh, you have to ripen it in a fridge. So you have to pick the fruit, and then, like, most people have tons of old egg cartons or something. They put them in there. Uh Then you put them in the fridge for about three months. Then when you pull them out, they ripen up really fast on the counter. Wow. Well, when I do get them, uh, they're going to be out because I've got them right now on a 16, actually 8-foot tall and 16-foot long like a uh, uh, built-up trellis. Ah, So I've got a great foundation for them. It's, uh, you know, I'm just waiting for them. But it sounds like I'm going to have to wait a couple more years. Yeah. And once you you get them, then usually most people uh, wait to pick them till as close to Thanksgiving as possible. If some horrible weather's coming or a big freeze, pick before that happens because they can't take being frozen out there. But uh, wait till about then. And yeah, you'll have a couple years to wait, but oh my gosh, they're going to be so good. And hand pollinate them whenever you can. They'll, you'll get way bigger, better fruit. Hand pollinate. Great. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, Cisco, again, thank you very much. Hey, you're so welcome. Thanks a lot, Eric. Nice call. See ya. Bye. Okay. So I'm going to just quick, quick, quick. I am going to remind you, though, that I'm going to be at the Renton Farmers Market. It, uh, Mary forgot to tell me what time exactly I'm on, but it run. Oh, I'm going to be on at 5:30 p.m. on September 18. That's Tuesday. This Tuesday. So at the Rent Farmers Market, don't forget to bring a T-shirt with you. And uh, these special people know how to do this. They'll sew it into a shopping bag. So I can't wait. I'm definitely gonna. It's going to be a lot of fun shopping with my Garden Naked t-shirt, you know. <laughs> so that is going to be uh, really fun. So um, I hope lots of you come. Now, I was hoping to be able to uh, tell my five favorite trees because I wrote an article about Stuartia, and I said it's one of my five favorite. 
So a quick say what they are, Japanese maples. How could anybody possibly uh, have a garden without a Japanese maple? It doesn't make sense. I love crepe myrtles, Lakerstromias, Embothrium, Chilean fire tree. Oh, my gosh. If you want hummingbirds, you want a billion of those. Also, uh, uh, witch hazels, those feed the hummingbirds in the wintertime. They're little. They're wonderful. And Arctostopheles is manzanita trees. Not everybody can grow these. If it's too cold, you probably can't. you got to have really well-drained soil. You don't water these things once they're established. But they're spectacularly beautiful trees with red, just dark red, uh, mahogany bark. And uh, mine, mine has pink flowers all over it in the middle of winter. The hummingbirds are all over it. So that's a fantastic one. I'm not sure what I forgot of uh, my favorite trees. Oh, cotinus, smoke trees. I just think they are so cool. They stay small. I'm always after trees that stay small. You know, I just have a regular size Seattle garden, and uh, my wife has half of it already. So, you know, if I put big trees in, I'm going to have nothing but problems. And by the way, Stuartias are definitely one of my favorites. They'll bloom in full shade. They have the most spectacular bark. Same with crepe myrtle. Some of them have just this exfoliating bark to die for. So really, really cool. All right. Well, we're getting ready to see the show bite the dust now. Hey, don't forget to check out Cisco.com and take a look at uh, that picture of one of those interpretive sculptures that you'll see when you go out to Heronswood. It's really cool. All right, I hope I see a lot of you in Renton. Enjoy this rain. Our gardens are going to grow like crazy. Take care. Eat your Brussels sprouts, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks, Brian. Yeah.